0: this morning come on let's give jesus praise come on let's just give jesus praise this morning hallelujah hallelujah before you're seated i want to also recognize that um, not only did we celebrate um, the home going of i call her general helena barrington she is a general in the lord I honestly believe that just as Elijah, when he ascended, his mantle fell. I believe that when Pastor Helena ascended, her mantle fell. And I believe it fell upon many and the world will continue to be changed by her. Amen, amen. And there are some even in this house whom that mantle has fallen upon. Come on, just raise your hands. Father, we thank you, Lord, for that mantle, Lord, that has fallen. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, in these days we will not only see those who are older, but we will see a new regime arise from the young. And that there will be a multi generational sound flowing towards heaven. Father, we thank you now for the activation of that mountain. We thank you, Lord, that men and women whom it has fallen upon not only write songs, but may they see in the heavenly realm. And as they prophesy in song, may miracles be activated. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. I see some children receiving that, amen. Come on, give the Lord praise, amen. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord, thank you, Lord. But also yesterday we celebrated The home going of Valencia Conley yesterday. Minister T uh, did a great job, amen, in officiating that home going, amen. Give her a hand, amen. (laughs) And then our very own Sharon Starks, she experienced the death of her brother Zeke. And they buried him yesterday as well. Amen. And so we're in this season. Man, praise the Lord. Let's just raise our hands. We want to pray for those families. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your comfort, your peace, as well as a new assignment, Lord, coming to um, Larry Conley and his family. We thank you, Lord, for a strengthening coming from you. We pray for Sharon, Lord. We pray for our very own Lord, Sharon. We lift her hands, we lift the hands of her family. And Father, we thank you for the ministry of the Holy Ghost in her life. Lord, we thank you, Father. Lord, that there will be a host, Lord, of harvesting of leaders, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that even among the young, may, they be, may there be found those who will preach the word of God. Father, we thank you, Lord, for that priesthood rising up out of that family. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord praise. Amen. Give Jesus praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. This month is Breast Cancer Survivor Month. And we wanna ask that each and every one of you go by the table and pick up your ribbon, amen, to commemorate uh, Breast Cancer Survivor Month. Also, for those of you who are breast cancer survivors, we would like for you to pick up the cup as a gift, as a memento for you And then i like for those of you who are health professionals, if you would stand. If you are a health professional, just stand. We wanna pray for you this morning, amen. Those of you who are on the trenches, amen. If Bishop Johnson was here, he would be the one doing this prayer. He asked for it to be done, amen. And if you're standing next to that person like for you just to point your hands towards them father we thank you this morning we thank you lord for these wonderful gifts in this house who serve on the seven mountains we thank you lord that they are the planting of the lord and that their lives have affected many lord where they work Lord, we ask you now, Father, because of their acts of service, Lord, because they have honored their patience now and they honored their their leaders, Lord, we ask you that great grace would be released towards them and that, that they would know the favor of God in their arena and beyond their arena. And as they have given out, Father, raise up a people, Lord, who will also give to them. And Lord, may they recognize because we, we released this blessing over them. Father, we thank you, Lord, for great rejoicing in their homes and houses. We thank you, Lord, for strengthening them. Strengthen them, Lord. Grant them fortitude. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that they will be eyes for the place they serve. That they will become Mordecais for the, the leaders they serve. And that where they are planted will be better because of their lives. We thank you, Lord, for reaping a harvest from their lives. And we thank you, Father, for doing that. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Give the Lord praise for them, amen. Amen. <laughs> we have some announcements. Next Sunday is Harvest Sunday. I don't know if y'all ready for this. We have a chili uh, chili off I told them um, I, I told them what they probably need to do. Just go ahead and go to the trophy shop and put my name on it. Amen. That way, you know you won't waste any time. Man, I'm sitting up here thinking about, man, I've been dreaming about this particular uh, chili. Oh yeah. Oh, there are different ways to fix chili. Come on, saints. Hot, sweet. Oh yeah. A little libations, amen, come on. Hey, 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 hey. (laughs) Man, I wonder who's gonna rise to the occasion. Is there anyone? (laughs) Is there anyone? (laughs) I see you over there, Eddie. Come on. (laughs) I see you. Come on. Well, anyway, if you are planning to participate, um, you can, um, I think you can actually on the uh, app indicate that you are signed, we need you to register because there are some stipulations required from you. But uh, they say there can only be one. <laughs> come on, say just say there can only be one. <laughs> that one is me. <laughs> oh boy, come on, praise God. Well, this morning, we're going to, um, I was completely, last Sunday, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your clothing. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Our dependency is completely on you. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I stand as one being sent. I stand here as a disciple of Bishop Johnson, Lady Carolyn. And Lord, we thank you for the impartation of your mind and heart to these men and women today. In Jesus name, amen. Amen, I want you to look at my wife, amen. Come on, stand out for Come on, stand, come on here, come on, come on here. Come on here. Don't you like that hair? Come on. Oh yeah. Come on baby. Come on. Love that frosting. <laughs> oh yeah. I told you I'm looking for the complete frost. Come on. <laughs> oh my god. You got to you got to have some fun with this, Amen. You got to have some fun. Well, last week as Bishop Johnson was ministry, I was completely undone by his message last Sunday. And the reason I was completely undone because as he shifted the message at the command of the Holy Spirit, he began to talk about honor. And the whole atmosphere of the house changed. And there was a lingering presence even after we, as we call it, uh, ended the service. And even as I was praying this week, that presence of honor is in this house. I wanna say that honor has a language. Honor is an attitude. And that honor releases a hundredfold favor. This month is Pastor Appreciation Month. This month is also Bishop Johnson's birthday. He will be 74 on uh, October 31st. Next year uh, Oct- uh, next year, we will celebrate his 75th birthday and grand style. Come on, we're we, we talking about, it's gonna be grand. But I believe that there's something about honor. I have seen the Lord, what, some of the best offerings to sow, and I'm not getting ready to receive an offer, but I wanna say this. Some of the most fertile fields to sow into is when the offering has to do with honor. And I'm going to tell you something. It's an offering of no effort because God gives so much. And so next Sunday we are asking those of you that you you don't need, you don't have to do it. This, This offering, you miss the blessing if you have to do it. The blessing is in the authenticity of your own heart, rendering honor to whom honor is due. And when that happens, there is a second, there is a, a, a double-fold honor released to you. It happened with Job when he, when he prayed and, and, and blessed his two friends. The Lord turned around and gave him double what he had. Double what he had. Come on, saints. So next Sunday, we, we are going to honor him in multiples of seven, four. Maybe, maybe your, your multiples is 10. Maybe your multiples are 20. Praise God but whatever the Lord puts on your heart. Thank you. This morning, I'm going to talk about a romance. I want to talk to you about a romance in the Bible that depicts the role of honor. In fact, this week, the desire to write five romances from the Bible really impacted my heart this week. Um, I got a little discouraged because I lost um, the um, play on Liz and Zach. I uh, lost it two times in my computer. I got a little discouraged about that, but but it's in my head, and every every time I look at Mark and and Punkin, I think about Liz and Zack. Yeah, I, I'm simply thinking about. I'm thinking about the ones that's in my mind right now is Hosea and Gomer, David and Bathsheba, Mary and Joseph. We've done that. And there's another. I'm just, it just kind of escaped my mind. But great, great romance. Oh, yes. The story of Ruth and Boaz. Yes, yes, yes. Like you never heard it before. So we're going to talk about Ruth this morning. In the season of divine reversals. So it, it said in, in the first chapter, I'm, I'm reading from the Passion translation. It says, during the era when champion deliverers ruled in Israel, a severe famine overtook the land. Elimelech, a man of importance, left uh, Birmingham and immigrated to the country of Moab. He took with him his wife, Naomi, and two sons, Malon and Shalon. They belonged to the clan of Ephratah from Bethlehem and Judah. While residing in Moab, Elimelech died and left his widow, Naomi, alone with two sons. The two sons both married Morbitus women, Orpah and Ruth. About 10 years later, Mylon and Chalon also died and left Naomi all alone, without husbands, without sons. Naomi and Ruth returned to Bethlehem now, uh, sometimes later Naomi heard that Yahweh had visited his people and so they, I, I wondered how they got to Moab. They went to Moab because they thought that, um, that plenty was there and a famine came. There's a whole lot to say about being in the wrong place but we won't go there this morning. But what I want to capitalize on is that that, that Naomi lost her husband. I want us to think about what Naomi was going through, the pain of being married to this man so long, there's something about grieving. Recovery does not mean a once and for all conclusion to your loss and grief. It's often a two-fold process involving regaining your ability to function as you once did and resolving and integrating your loss into life. In a sense, you'll never recover completely because you will never be exactly the way you were before. But with the grace of God, you'll be better. Because of his hand, his empowering presence. So she lost her husband. That was a bread that was a breadwinner for her house. But she had two strong sons and her two strong sons found two women. But the scripture says that Naomi also lost both of her sons. I want you to think about the dilemma she was in. Naomi, she lost a husband. She lost her two sons. Now she got two women, Orpah and Ruth, tagging along with her. She's thinking about how to take care of them. Oh, my God. They were in the middle of a famine. Their livelihood was threatened. There was no financial support. She was old and stricken with grief. But something happened in the midst of her change. I want to say something about that twofold um, issue regarding grief, because when Paul admonished the believer to not grieve as one without hope. He was not denouncing grieving. He told the Romans to weep with those who weep. He also told the Philippians that if a certain friend of his had died, he himself would have experienced sorrow upon sorrow. Paul did not deny the reality of loss and sorrow, but he affirmed the fact That the believer's experience of loss is one that can and should be infused with divine comfort and hope for the future. I'm sharing this because there are those of you who are grieving right now among us. And may the grace of God rest upon you in this time. In the midst of Naomi wondering, what are we going to do? Naomi gets news that there's food, that there's bread in Bethlehem. So Naomi tells her daughter-in-laws, as they began to travel to Bethlehem, I don't know why I keep saying Birmingham, Naomi told them, she told the two daughters, go back to Moab. My daughters, you must go back. and Naomi answered, Why do you why do you want to come with me? Do you think I could have sons again to give you new husbands? Turn around, my daughters, and go back home, for I am too old to marry again. And even if I thought there was hope for me and married today and gave birth to sons, would you wait until they had grown up? <laughs> Should you live for so many years? She said, should you live so many years without husbands? My daughters, you must not return with me. My life is too bitter for you to share it with me because Yahweh brought calamity to my life. And so they said, we'll go with you. We're going to go with you. But you got you to ask yourself, what was Naomi actually telling those girls? Naomi was actually saying, If you follow me, it will be impossible for you to get married. She was, and so when Naomi said that, after Orpah said, We're gonna follow you, Orpah thought about that. (laughs) No man forever. (laughs) She turned back. But Ruth, but Ruth said, the scripture says, she clung tightly to Naomi and refused to let go of her. Naomi said, Ruth, listen, your sister-in-law is going back to Moab, to her people and to her gods. Now go with her. But tearfully, Ruth insisted, please don't ask me again to leave you. I want to go with you. I want to stay with you wherever you go. I will go wherever you live. I will live. Your people will now become my people. Your God will now be my God. Wherever you die, I will be there too. That's where your people will bury me next to you. Lord Jesus, my God, Check out the right, boy. Nothing but death itself will separate me from you. So help me God. And when Naomi realized that Ruth's heart was set on going with her, she said nothing more. Got to think about this. With no possibility of ever getting married, what Ruth did, my God, I I don't know if we can take it. Ruth did something. Lord, have mercy. What Ruth did that changed her whole situation, Ruth sold honor. God have mercy. She sold honor in, in into uh, into Naomi. I'm going to tell you something. Honor gets the attention of heaven. Honor is a a weaponized honor is a tactical weapon that demotes the devil and elevates the purpose of God. Honor is high regard or respect that is given primarily for accomplishment, status, and value others place on us and the inheritance we leave, we leave behind. Champions are not made in the ring. They're only recognized. Their champions are made in the gym where nobody is watching. No one was there to cheer. Nobody was there when, when Ruth and Naomi talked. Nobody, there was no audience. There was There was no conference going on. Th- this was between Naomi and Ruth and 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 Ruth had made up her mind I'd rather go with Naomi and with the not with the possibility with the knowledge I would never get married oh my god I want to tell you something honor changed Ruth honor transformed Ruth into an anointed pioneer who would pivot, who could adapt, who moved from the cherished old ways to embrace the new. Because when she made up her mind to go at Naomi, she made up her mind to become a pioneer. She made up her mind to worship a new way. She made up her mind to move to a new land with a new way, with new cultures. She became a pioneer. Honor moved her in that direction. You hear people say, "Well, I, you know, I'm gonna be. I want. I want to be like Ruth. If you want to be like Ruth, you got to become a pioneer. You got to become. You got. You got to be willing to change. You got to. You got to be willing to go somewhere where you've never been before. You got to be willing to learn something you've never learned before. You got to be willing to do something you've never done before. You got to be willing to change." Pastor Tiffany, I don't think they hear me. The Bible says, "Honor your mother and father that it may go well with you." Esther honored her adopted father, and the pages of history says that it went well with her. Come on, St Lord Jesus. I don't know if y'all see that. Thank you, Jesus. So let's see what happens to Ruth, who honors. Let's see what happens to Ruth, who honors. Next, we find this impossibility begins to shake and quake. The narrative changes. For the scripture says, one day, Ruth, the Moabite, said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain. Because what the poor people would do, they, who, didn't have, who didn't have money, Naomi was too old to work in the fields. I believe Ruth knew that she wouldn't survive without her. And so what they would do back then, they would, they would go and, and, and while the reapers... would would reap in the field, they would leave some left over so that the poor could come and pick up some. And so Ruth said, man, I love this. I I kept reading, I think I must've read this over 50 times. She said, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain. Maybe someone would be kind enough to let me gather the grain he leaves behind. Naomi said, Go, my daughter. So Ruth went to the fields to gather the grain the reapers left behind. The scripture says, It just so happened. Say, It just so happened. Look at the other person. It just so happened, it just so happened that she found herself working at the edges of a field belonging to Boaz of the family. Oh man, of a man. At that moment, boy, y'all gotta look at this. I, I like how the scripture says it says, it says, it just so happened. Man, I believe her steps were ordered. Amen. I I I I I believe that 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 the kind of honor that Naomi, that that Ruth sold it provoked heaven. I believe that, that God put a notion in her heart when she was trying to figure out where she was supposed to go. She just, I think I need to go over here. She chose that field, but that field happened to be the field that belonged to Boaz, come on. It wasn't, I don't think that happened by happenstance. I think the steps of a good man, a good woman are ordered by the Lord. Come on saints. The foreman answered saying, so what, what, Boaz came from Bethlehem to survey the field. Now, why she went to the field at the exact time she came to the field. He greeted the harvesters, may Yahweh be with you. They replied, may Yahweh bless you. Noticing Ruth, notice in this, notice in Ruth, Boaz asked the foreman in charge of the harvesters. Who is this young woman over there? Come on now, over there. (laughs) The foreman answered and said, she's the Moabite girl who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She asked for permission to gather the grain left behind by the reapers, except for one short break. She's been on her feet working in the field since early morning. Boaz walked over to Ruth and said, Listen, my daughter, don't leave this field to glean somewhere else. Stay here in my field and follow the young women who work with me. Watch my harvesters to see into the fields they go to cut grain and follow them. When you're thirsty, go drink water from the jugs that the young men have filled. I warn the young men not to bother you. Come on. Lord Jesus. Come on. It just happened. Come on, tell the person that it just happened. It just happened. There's something about having a pioneering nature. Had she remained in the same place, Lord, have mercy. Come on, saints. Some of y'all got to do something different. Some, some of you got to do something different. Some of you got, got to learn something different. Some of you got you to gotta do something different. Some of you, 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 you got to gotta listen to God. Amen. Yeah. <sighs> you teach it. Now notice this, he asked about her and the first thing he noticed was her work ethic. Yep. She wasn't dragging around at work. She wasn't asking when the next time I can break. She, the, the testimony was that she worked to even, her willingness, my God. The story of her honor awakened the heart of Boaz. And notice this, fellows. Boaz was not afraid to approach Ruth. If God put attraction in your heart to a sister in here and you are a Boaz, then you need to approach. Don't be no punk just sitting back there. Uh, sitting back there, just sitting up here trying to guess. Man, 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 man. She can only tell you yes or no. And her first no may not be the... <laughs> might not be the only answer. Wow. Boaz had a job. Had a paying job. He wasn't talking about, you know, I'm a rapper. And uh, <laughs> and you know my my, my, my my change is coming soon, you know. Yeah, no, he, he wasn't he, you know, you know just follow me baby. Come on baby. Give me $20, baby. I, I, you know. Boaz on the field. You know something, if you got to lend money inside of the relationship and he's supposed to be the head, sister, so, so I'm telling you right now, that's bad news. That's bad news. If you got to lend money in the dating and you're giving up the money, something wrong with that picture, sister. You're going to be doing that the rest of your life. What Ruth was actually doing, she was reaping favor because she sold honor. Don't, don't get mad with me. <laughs> and then the scripture says, astounded, after, after Boaz said all that stuff to her, the Bible says, astounded, Ruth bowed low with her face to the ground and said to him, I'm a foreigner. I'm a Moabite, I'm not a Jew. Why have you been so kind and taken notice of me? She sold honor to Boaz. She bowed down to him. Her honor exposed her spirit, her heart. It's something when a woman, I remember those days when Jane was going with me to Georgia Tech when nobody else would go with me when it was cold and when it was snowing and, and when 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 my shoes all I had was pasteboard on the bottom of my shoes and my feet was freezing we were going to the campus's ministry and she was the only one with me her honor come on saints made an imprint this thing this thing Her honor exposed her. Sometimes a man needs to really see your spirit. He don't need to see your breasts. He needs to see your spirit. The problem with that, if he gets with you for that, a lot of that is everywhere. You know something what really gets me is when Lady Carolyn honors Bishop Johnson. I I just love to see it, man. Don't y'all? And the way she honors him causes her to be honored and esteemed in this house. When Lady Carolyn stands up here and honors Bishop Johnson, you can tell it's not fake. When she stands up here and honors Bishop Johnson, it transforms the entire atmosphere. Lord, have mercy. I don't know if y'all, I don't know if you're feeling this. Yeah. The kind of honor that when Lady Carolyn honors Bishop Johnson, it has weight from heaven. I think it's the tip of, of the arrow of her ministry because when she honors him, Lord have mercy. I, I, I think that tip of the arrow is what provoked God to, to pour more of the prophetic anointing upon Lady Caroline. If you spend a day with her, you will find that honor is her way of life. I, I've seen the times when she was upset. But she would just still honor with a smile on her face. This kind of honor is holy. It's not manipulative. It's the outpouring of her heart. Lady Carolyn is the proof of Bishop Johnson's ministry. She's the proof that he's living right. She's she's the proof that his message is true blue. Honor, honor, honor. But you know something Boaz did his homework. He ran a check on uh, Ruth. I'm tell y'all, some of y'all need to do your homework. Do your background check before you let your heart sink deep into that relationship. Boaz answered, I've heard all about what you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I know your story. You left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people and a culture that must seem strange to you. May the Lord reward you for your sacrifices. And because of what you've done, may you have a full and rich reward from the Lord. The God of Israel under whose wing you have come to find shelter. He began to bless her. He began to speak blessing over her. He didn't know that she was going to be his wife he began to speak blessing over her he began to prophesy to her he didn't know that he was going to be the answer to the blessing that was coming out of his mouth man I I was in places with this story because because in accordance to Jewish culture blessing a hundred times a day Speaking blessings is a, is, is a hundred, speaking blessing over people a hundred times a day is the way of life. Amen. we have cursed folks out, cursed folks out, yes. and we wonder why there is no blessing. I'm gonna tell you something. When you start blessing and speaking blessing, and you're speaking blessing over here and blessing over there, and you're speaking bless, blessing, you create a atmosphere for miracles. You you create an atmosphere for visitation. No wonder the Bible says, let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth. No longer the, the, the no read, no, there's no <laughs> <laughs> Man, tongue twisted. It says, no, man, the Bible says bless your enemies. The reason why he says bless your enemies, because if you read in 1 in Peter, the third chapter, the eighth verse, it says to bless your enemies. Because in blessing, he will bless you because you were made for blessing. I believe God wants to shift our homes. I believe God wants to change the atmosphere of our homes. Do you know when you apologize, when you apologize, when you apologize, it shifts the atmosphere in your house. When you forgive, it shifts the atmosphere in your house. When it's done by the opening of your mouth, there's no such thing as silent forgiveness. You got to speak it. You got to speak it so the demons in hell hear it. Just about finished. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, come here and eat with us. Sound like a date to me. (laughs) Here is bread and wine to dip it. Ruth immediately sat down with the workers. Boaz handed her some roasted grain, and she ate all of it. I mean, you know, they say don't eat everything, but she ate everything. She did leave a little leftover. Come on here. And she took the leftovers to, to uh, Naomi. I, wanna, I, I, I hear people using this word soulmate. I believe a soulmate from God's point of view is a God-ordained pick for your life that is suitable for your soul and necessary for your life. Some of you looking for company, and you're not looking for a mate, and so all you get is company. God can't, God can't bring, God can't bring, sometimes the Lord wants to bring a person in your life, but there's a person occupying your heart. Wow. <laughs> He's not gonna bring his treasure with your heart occupied with the wrong. You're fascinated with the wrong, you don't wanna let the wrong go, so he can't bring the right in. The Bible says God predestines according to his, 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 his foreknowledge. Choose who God has chosen for you so you can experience what he wants for you. You know something? It's hard to have a good relationship with a bad pick. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. And you know something? If you, if you had a, a record of just bad picks over and over and over, just between you and I right now Okay I'm having a conversation Just you and I If you keep getting the wrong picks Over and over It's indicative That there uh, you, you need to practice Some self awareness yes, yes. Something is broke Inside of you That needs to be fixed That's That's right. And when you Admit that And seek out the help Come on, saints. Yes, sir. The trajectory for wrong relationships yes. will begin to shift. Yes. See, emotions and intimacy, you know, it makes it really risky. So anyway, after she returned to gather grain, Boaz instructed his young men, let her glean among the standing sheaves. Don't, 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 don't just leave stuff left over. Let her get the standing sheaves. Don't disgrace her. Pull out from the bundles some hands full of grain. Drop them on the ground on purpose. Come on, saints. <laughs> For her to gather. Don't bother her. Ruth gathered grain in Boaz's field until evening. When she threshed out what she had gathered, it came to be more than a bush of barley. She carried it back to town, showed her mother-in-law how much she had gleaned. Then Ruth also took out the roasted grain she saved from mealtime and shared it with her. She told her mother-in-law all about what happened that day and said, the man in whose field I gather today is Boaz. Naomi said to Ruth, God's loving kindness has not left us either through life or through death. Boaz is closely related to us. He is a kinsman redeemer of our family. May the Lord richly bless you. So Ruth, so Naomi said to Ruth, I want to see you married so that you'd be happy and secure. Now, listen, Ruth, this man, Boaz, is your relative. You worked, she didn't know this. God many times hides stuff because you'll mess it up. Yeah, come on, yeah. come on. You worked with his servant girls in his field. This evening, he'll be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Now take a bath. Come on. Come on. Cause you gotta realize that she'd been working in the field. She, The only time he saw her, man, she had straw in her hair. She had a little mustard, issue, you know, cause you working out there, man. Big rounds of perspiration, man. Man, little dirt on a dress, man. And uh, he just knew her from working, a little dirt on her face, man. He just knew it from that. But Naomi said, nah, baby. Now nah, you gotta, hey. Hey, we, we gotta change, we gotta change the sooner. You know one is hard, but now you gotta win his eyes. <laughs> That has to be a hard and You gotta be honest, <laughs> gotta be honest Oh yeah. Man, I'm gonna tell you something. I and I ain't gonna say I can't say that here. <laughs> I can't say that. But anyway. He said, now take a bath. She said, now Ruth, take a bath. Yeah. Apparently she hadn't been taking a bath. So she had, and then she said, put on some perfume. I wanna say ladies, men love when a woman fix herself up. Come on. She turned around and said, dressed in your best. Lord have mercy, there are times I just sit there and just look at my wife, Lord have mercy. I sit there and watch her dress, amen. God have mercy, Lord have mercy. I sit there and watch her dress, amen. Looking so good, amen. Yeah. I mean, you don't mind spending the money on the clothes because it makes it look so good. Lord, have mercy. Some of y'all wear the same thing over and 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 over. and over. Some of y'all still just dress way out of dating time. Some of you dress like a grandmama, you know. I mean, you know, I just, I mean, some, 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 you know, okay, I gotta let it go, gotta let it go, gotta let it go, gotta let it go. Say, stop, Elder Crawford, stop, Elder Crawford. But it's the truth. You stuck on what you think look good. It ain't, it ain't important how it look on you, baby. It need to look good to somebody else. And if the only way you look good is you got to have you got to have your skirt cut low enough so that you can do a gynecological examination from looking or you have your have your blouse cut that that's the only way they look they're gonna look at you baby they need to be able to look at you when they look at your face and your smile and look at your hair and when you walk by the atmosphere of you lingers in the air come on saints lord have mercy Oh my God. The colors, the mixture of colors that you have on captures a man eye. makes him turn back around. Lord have mercy. I love the frosting look. Amen. I'm a, oh. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> You know, it's so easy to be married for a while and you take each other for granted. It's easy, easy to be married and you take each other for granted. You ne- you don't think about you, you you let yourself go. You you don't do anything and 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 man, you don't exercise. You don't brush your teeth, man. You you know, man, you 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 know you. you Man, I want to tell you something, you know, you, you know, body's got to change because you get older. You know, but what does me, it blesses my heart to see her work towards her own, her, her own image. It blesses me for her to do this in honor of me. It, it provokes me to, to do something. It's easy to take each other granted. Some of y'all got to put the spice back in your relationship. Find something that makes his liver quiver. (laughs) Okay, Lord, have mercy. Y'all know Bishop is going to have to counsel me when he gets back. Amen. We got to close this. I'm at the last page. She says, Naomi, said to Ruth. She she said, now take a bath, put on some nice clothes, dress in your best clothes, and go to the threshing floor. But don't let him know you're there until he's had plenty to eat and drink. Watch closely to see where he lies down. I wanna say this, I received some flashback on this, but I know, some, I know some husbands, I know some guys who married a woman because she can cook. And just because you think you can cook doesn't mean that you can cook. You need to let somebody else inspect your cooking. I, I, know, one, I know one young man Jane knows who I'm talking about I know one young man he went to a house and ate, ate he went to a house and ate her food and said don't you don't, 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 don't you let no, nobody else come to your house don't let you, nobody else come to your house and need your food don't let nobody else he's my brother-in-law now <laughs> oh yeah some of y'all don't understand this I don't need to learn how to cook you better learn how to do something. I, I told, I told, I told some, I, I told somebody. I said, you know, you need to learn five good meals, not in accordance to what you think tastes good, but what most men. You gotta learn how to got fix something that has some gravy in there. You know, you could, but if you you put you could put gravy on anything. Come on, come on, son. Anyway, I, I gotta let that go. <laughs> you can put gravy on anything. Boaz awakened, surprised, to find a woman lying at his feet and said, who are you? Now, you got to think about it. Now, he he knew Boaz. I mean, he knew Ruth. But Ruth fixed herself up so much. He said, who are you? He woke up out of his sleep. Oh, my God. She said, I am Ruth, your servant girl. I wonder wonder what she did but anyway she answered she answered and spread out the corner of her garment over her because you are a close relative by marriage one who is my kinsman redeemer Boaz said dear woman may God bless you for this act of kindness you're showing me exceeds the kindness you've shown to Naomi you don't search for a young you didn't search for a young man to marry You didn't search for a rapper. You didn't search for a a muscle man. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't. I I, I have no problem with rappers, amen. I have no problem with rappers, okay. Anyway, I want to say that. It's just that everybody want to be a rapper, man, and and there can only be one. But anyway. uh, (laughs) And then she said, he said, you didn't search for a young man to marry. You didn't search for rich or poor. My daughter, don't worry. I promise to do everything you ask because everyone knows that you are a brave woman of noble character. It's true. I'm a kinsman redeemer, but you have a closer kinsman redeemer than I. Stay here tonight and I will protect you. And in the morning, we'll see if he's willing to redeem you. And if he does good, let him. But if he refuses to redeem you, then I promise as God lives, I will. As Ruth was about to leave this time, Boaz said to her, here, bring your cloak, bring your cloak here that you're wearing, hold it open. And as she held it open, Boaz poured six measures of barley into it. He then helped place it on her head to carry. And she went back to Bethlehem. When Ruth returned to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked her, how did it go, how did it go? How did Boaz receive it? Ruth told Naomi everything. She added, Boaz gave me all this barley saying, you must not go home empty handed. Without a gift for your mother-in-law. Naomi answered. My daughter. Wait here until you see what happens. Boaz will not rest. Until he has finished. He's a finisher. Yeah. That's good. That's good. And so the way the story ended. Man. The way the story ended, he he took care of business. He became the kinsman redeemer. And the people said, and may God give you children by this young woman. And through them, may your family be like the family of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah. Boaz and Ruth married. And they became one as husband and wife. The Lord opened Ruth's womb and she bore a son. Then the women of Bethlehem blessed Naomi. Praise God. He never abandoned you. She thought God had abandoned her at the beginning. God caused all things to work together for her good. Yes. She couldn't see the full picture at the beginning. Praise God who never abandoned you nor withheld from you a kinsman redeemer. May his name be famous in Israel. May this child, may this child's name be famous in Israel. This child's name would be famous in Israel because this would be the granddaddy of King David. Lord, have mercy. His name is Obed. And Obed, the meaning of his name, Obed, is worshiper. God, Lord, have mercy. Oh, my God. May your daughter-in-law, who loves you dearly, be more to you than seven sons could ever be. For she has given you a wonderful grandchild. Then Naomi took her grandson and cuddled him in her arms and cared for him as if he were her own. The women of the neighborhood gave him a name saying, at last, Naomi has a son. They named him Obed and he became the father of Jesse. The father of David. Lord, have mercy. Oh my God. Oh my God. Look at God taking what was virtually impossible. Get that confession out of your mouth that he ain't gonna never give me. Now I don't have nobody. You need to get, you need to bury that, you need to bury that confession, and if you got people around you speaking that mess, then you need to not, you need to sever your tie with them and get around the folks who will celebrate, who will celebrate your future, who will bless you and you bless them. Lord, I want to tell you something. God can invade what looks like impossible, and he can take all the negative that you've gone through in your life, all the negative in your struggle as a, a single mother all the negative that you've gone through God can turn it around and work it out for your good you're talking about a divine reversal the Bible says God opened her womb from what, from what the theologian said Ruth was about at this time she was about forty, between 46 and 50 and he was between 70 and 80 Brother could still rock. (laughs) (laughs) Naomi lost two sons. And God turned around and gave her another son. Back then when women were that age. Many times they were not able to have children. I think God put that finishing touch in the story Because some of you The enemies told you that You cannot have children But I'm going to tell you There are two ways it can happen The Bible says and God Opened her womb 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 womb. Let's, you got to say it like that And God opened her womb And God opened her womb And God opened her womb And then the other way The Lord may lead you To adopt And you may be blessed like Mordecai To adopt an Esther Lord have mercy That will change the world That would change the world we live in. It may be that you may adopt a child and then what God was trying to do is to get you to adopt. And then after you adopt, you get pregnant. Come on, Lord, have mercy. Come on, come on, come on, come on. For some of you, it would be a shame for you not to have a child. Because of all the goodness that God has placed inside of you to give to the world. Oh, I like for those of you this morning. I, I wrote down this this thing about honor. If you honor the presence of God, you get more of the presence of God. If you honor the glory of God, you get more of His manifested glory. If you honor the Lord in tithes and offerings, you get your your room, your your room, your life filled. Financially, if you honor the Holy Spirit, you get the abundance of him. The Lord gave this to me in my time of devotion. If you honor, if Metro will honor other people groups, we will get other people groups. It's not a matter of praying. It's a matter of honoring. It's a matter of honoring. If we would honor the younger people, we'll get more of the younger generation. Yeah. It's all about honor, saints. It's all about honor. It's not about you sitting around judging and pulling your hand and saying what color your hair is. and You know, it, you, you ain't the judge. Who made you the judge? People can feel when they're not honored. People can feel when they're not welcome. People can You can say it one thing, but they can't feel it. And I believe the Holy Spirit is putting his hands on that in Metro. That thing that we have of of just, you know, we say we love you, but you don't really love him. It's all right, Bishop Johnson. Yeah, I'm a black man, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. You're going to have to choose your blackness or choose the company of brothers and sisters that happen to be the color of every race. You can go where they go to, you know. God will give you what you want. God wanted to give Adam the whole world but he wanted a tree and God gave him the tree yeah God give you what you want I gotta let this go Father I thank you Lord for the men and women who are here today who are candidates, Lord, for divine, for divine reversal. I'd like for everyone to stand. All right, Saints, I appreciate you allowing me to share this morning. Thank you. We want to do this other part quickly. I really feel, I, I really believe we're in a season where God is blessing women. And this morning, I want women who are having, you've just been dealing with female problems, female with, in your body. We want to pray for you. I believe there is an anointing present. If you would come and just stand in the aisle. Amen. So that we can pray for you. Do you want me to spell it out? If you have endometriosis if you have issues regarding psycho, if you have issues regarding your female organs, don't let shame keep you from being prayed for. And if you want to have a child, just come and stand in the middle of the house.